Michael, did you even clap? Yeah. Oh. We were can't. just who's, that much in sync. Who's who's fucking barking, John? Me. That's my wife. Go, yeah, shut her up. That's all we need. <laughs> I really was tempted for a second just to yell, shut the fuck up! Just some bitch <laughs> popping off at the start of this thing, I tell you. Right before Ain't I came in acceptable. here. <laughs> right before I came in here, she, like, she, I'm literally walking in the door to, to get the mic set up, and she yells, and she's like, hey, did you see that picture today on Instagram of Phoebe Bridgers nude? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to fap to it later. And she, <laughs> and she goes, she goes, could you literally no never mind i was like no finish your finish your thought she goes i was gonna say could you literally use any other term but fapping and then i realized what a dangerous proposition that is to tell someone like you (laughs) it is going to be the fappening from this point forward (laughs) so i guess what i'd ask of you guys is what word would you use instead of fap oh i don't know you're asexual so it doesn't count Michael's hey. <laughs> is a dimple pinch uh, on the rocks, I believe, is cool. his description. So. Milking the snake? Jerking the gherkin, I guess, but that's too close. I can't. I wouldn't count that. Do you actually have a gherkin? Is that the, a problem for you? Or? No. Then how is it too close to what? Hey, Dad. Jerking? Like jerking off? Hey, like... hey, hey Dad, what, what's a gherkin? It's a small peanut. Oh, well, I have a gherkin. It looks like a <laughs> zucchini. <laughs> oh, well, Shane, what what are we? Why are we here? It's, it's what, just what are you like, good for? It's just like Mama what used to make, for? only smaller. The Keebler Elf Watkins. <laughs> yes. Uh, by the Eternal, behold. 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 It's the Disinformed Podcast. I am Sergeant Hatred. I am Captain Technology. Wait, I thought I was kept t- Captain Technology. <laughs> That's right, you are. Now you can't scroll away from me, you yeah. little slimy fuck. <laughs> the, he, I, uh, I, I think I, you need to, when huh? you start this all over. Nope, I you am. Are, you are not Captain Technology, you I am dumbass. Timothy Lone Cactus. You are also not Timothy Lone Cactus. You are Dadicato. <laughs> and you need to get on your new shit, my friend, because now, because you didn't say Dadicato, he's not going to say butt cheese. So you fucked this whole thing up just from the start. Here. So now we have I to think... start completely over and say, I'm Shane. I'm Dadicato. And I'm Michael. There you go. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> ladies and germaphobes. Happy to have you here for another clusterfuck of an episode. Screw <laughs> that. Um, if it makes you feel any better, Shane, I was... It, nothing makes me feel better. I live. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm alive. alive. That's yeah. enough. <laughs> um... When I was turning off the PlayStation last night, um, I did send Michael a friend request, and he did approve it. <gasps> so, another random off the off the cuff back, he's like, "Who the fuck <laughs> is butt cheese six nine six nine six nine? The guy said, "There's faster ways to say sixty nine sixty nine sixty nine. It is something that bears discussion. I feel, uh, yeah. <sighs> Uh, I would ask the same question if I saw that on someone's feed. I mean, uh, I get asked that. Uh, let's see, my girlfriend asked that when we were trying to set up Jackbox. How does and... it feel being a sex offender, by the way? 
Uh, I mean, I got to walk around and talk to people every couple of months, but other than that, it's fine. I would think that, you know, setting up the Jackbox is what got you into problems with the law in the first place. Okay, do you do you guys know what Jackbox party games are? Uh, it's the thing you can order after 2 a.m. from Jack in the Box. That you can get it with chicken serve. or steak. You can. Uh, close. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a party, it, they're party games, essentially. Oh, well, that's um, why she's a horror. Okay. Ouch. Whoa. Um, Whoa, Whoa. Uh, but um, the whole the cool thing about him is that like you use your phone actually as like uh, the quote unquote controller. This isn't getting any better. The I how how you're, you're controlling her with the phone. That's no. Oh. The, it's like okay, it's it's like Mario Party, but instead of using a GameCube or Nintendo sixty four controller, penis. Yes. No. <laughs> phone use your phone you go onto a website and you use my the phone. free cams.com red only yeah uh, and then the party starts yeah the yes. meat beating with the jackbox but anyway i set it up for her family because we all wanted to play those games <laughs> oh my god but, so you're playing games and, with her family on the jackbox I no, just, on the, it's on, on the, the PlayStation. Record, it's so on the PlayStation. Oh, I played I see. a game called Jackbox <laughs> Party Games on the PlayStation 4. And in the top corner was my username. Hey, Michael, and I just hope that I just no want one... to interject before you continue. You're going to need to wear a mask if you keep diving into China this frequently. So you're not protected right now. And I'm afraid you're not going to make it if you keep digging that hole that deep. <laughs> you just need to stop. <laughs> And I'm Michael. Uh, this is the episode. All right. Bye. Oh, God. I despair for the quality of this conversation uh, if so, this is where we're starting. As I have, it's like my job now is to talk Michael off of this ledge. He's just holding his head in his hands now. So, so I mean, it's like his graduation ceremony. I might, <laughs> I might True. have employment again, hopefully, maybe sometime by the end of the week or start of next week. I was going to say, does that uh, new bill where they can take out, like, the small business support loan thing help? Uh, or, you know, might um, be something to recommend? Because they can use know. that. The The way that it's structured, for those of you who are not looking at legal statutes these days, is that they can actually take out a loan that they do not then have to pay back as long as they prove that they are utilizing it for payment of their staff and utilities and um, the interest rate on their loan, like the, the mortgage for the place. So oh. any small business can then file that as long as they prove that that is what they're spending the money on, and then they do not have to pay the loan back to the federal government. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the route that's going, but I think what what we're trying to pivot to right now is curbside pickup um, and online ordering only. You have given my life purpose again. Um, so... It'll be the same thing as him getting sex workers. So, I mean, he's going to be completely used to the transaction. Shane, I am mm -hmm. so proud yeah. of you. I, I see I'm adjusting. I'm learning. <laughs> I am adapting to this new environment where everyone is fucking nerfing the world. Okay, I'm not going to get derailed. I'm going to finish this story. Um, not if I have anything to yeah, say right? about it. So I was in the shop yesterday for about four or five hours uh, doing an actual hard inventory reset and going through and, you know, you're counting everything. And Is that what the kids call it these days? Mm -hmm. your, your hard inventory? And while I was there, Dewan uh, showed up to pick up some beer to take with him. 
and we had this beautiful like one foot in the door one foot out of trying to eviscerate each other because we have so much pent up rage and that's what i told him halfway through because i said something like totally baseless and i was like oh man i i was that was a dick thing for me to say i'm sorry i'm just used to us having a certain amount of shit talking per week face to face and we haven't seen each other so i feel like i just want to bury you in insults right now (laughs) other people call that sexual tension but continue (laughs) well that being said when shane and i see you looking just so fresh and young (laughs) you might want to wipe your camera off if you think he's looking young and fresh yeah (laughs) i have cabin fever i i can tell (laughs) just give me just give me two sticks a rubber band i'll find a way to fuck it right now (laughs) i will be uh, changing your name from dadicato to beer goggles by the end of this apparently (laughs) didn't know that's why you were drinking for so long is that i i'm actually fat and ugly john i don't know if you've noticed in being a fan as long as we have well, he probably you, thinks I'm Brad Pitt with, you know, chiseled abs and, you know. Speaking of pits, you feel beautiful on the inside. So that's all I care about. Well, yeah, that's lucky. It's, <laughs> it's my asshole's a tube of circus peanuts by this point. Well, we are uh, having a, a relaxed day as far as the episode's concerned, right? Uh, no, I, we, I made, mean, we made some promises last week and I'm, I'm that, uh, that's kind of the, the topic, right? There is an argument to be said for the fact that none of our conversations ever have any point. I mean, so there's an argument to that. So, yes, by we could have no ballast and just be going, flying off the cuff, as it were. I mean, we usually do, so. <laughs> Despite uh, our best efforts. <laughs> we shoot from the hip around here, which could also be, you know, porn idiom, depending upon who's talking. So, well, let me let me say then, Shane, are you comfortable sharing a story today? And I will also share one. I am always comfortable sharing a story. It's whether or not you are comfortable receiving the story is going to be the question. I will receive it, but I, I have a couple things. I, I don't have it written out. Don't have an outline for the episode, but I do have things I wanted to talk about. Okay, dive in. Firstly, I finished Dark Tower 6. Songs, songs of Susanna. Song it, of Susanna, rather, sorry. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It was really refreshing to have like a 400 page, like just quick in and out. Like I finished it in a week, which is usually most like, like Wizard and Glass and Wolves of the Kala. Like those took me like a month to finish just because I, I read for like maybe 30 minutes to an hour in the morning. And that's usually all I set aside for myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I texted you the other, other, or you were texting me about something the other day and I was like, Hey, I, I'll do that eventually, but I'm, I'm head deep right now. Like I, I can't, I'm not looking up until this is done. <laughs> Oh, so good. It is a it's a wonderful sort of like the the pace quickens rather rapidly through the course of that book and you get an awful lot and I mean a part of being so daunted by it is the volume of the text that you have to go through and yeah. I think it's it's somewhat dispiriting to look and be like I'm only a quarter of the way in this book and I'm 800 pages in right now. So yeah, I can understand the the eating the elephant principle is really difficult, but yeah, that it's nice that he kind of gave you a quick burn to get through. Like I just finished reading The Running Man which was uh, a king published in the Bachman, Bachman days. Yeah. And it's still, it was 370 pages or something, or 317, I forget. But I blitzed through it and was shocked. And, I'm, you know, it's one of those things by comparison. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not a 1,200-page book. I don't know why. It's like I, could, I don't even get up for it anymore. Yeah, do you guys, uh, I was thinking about this earlier. It's kind of on the same uh, topic that, like, so I've been like kind of like head down on King for so long. Mm. Um, 
but I've always noticed when I go from like binge reading one author to reading something by someone else that the first book that I read after like breaking the succession, like I will just fucking demolish it because the tone shift and like the, you know, the voice change, like really just like, you know, it's the first, uh, the first day when you get your hall pass. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just fuck everything that moves and decide, you know, it's like, Oh, I don't know why I was in this relationship in the first place. I'm sorry, honey. How about you, Michael? Uh, what do you mean? Like a story? I will kill myself right now <laughs> on on live camera. It's being recorded. <laughs> hey, so you have obviously, you know, read books and then gone to a different oh, author and gone t- back. Oh, shit. Sorry. I was listening. I swear I was. We we lost him on Sex Worker again. Oh, I'm, my I'm God. Sure. Those sex workers. You're back in the jackbox, um, just jackbooting it. Um, I mean, I can't even think of a time when that happened. I... I I read so infrequently, like, I haven't really picked up books until King, so I don't have a good, fresh encounter or situation to base anything off of. Okay. Um, for me, like, I guess it all, it all depends on how hooked I am in the book. Like, if, if it's a, if I'm, if it's, if I'm sunk head deep into it really quickly, then I'll just read it no matter what. Like, I'll stop playing video games, I'll stop doing other things, and I'll read it. Um... But there have been times where, like, I mean, it took me, I don't know, four or five times to get through um, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, because I just couldn't get past the the damn hobbits at the very beginning. You know what? I have never read The Lord of the Rings, and that is the primary reason, is that I, I never leave the Shire when I start that book. I, I don't know if it's because of how uh, long-winded that first, like, I think the prologue is super long-winded, like the history of hobbits, that by the mm-hmm. end of it, I'm like... Is it all going to be like this? Because if so, I am fucking out. There's a lot of world building in Tolkien, and you do have to kind of get through the begats section in order to really get into the meat of the matter. Yeah. That being said, um, Kingslingers talks a lot about the parallels between Lord of the Rings and the Dark Tower. I mean, Mm -hmm. as Stephen King himself Mm -hmm. said in that preface multiple times that he wanted to write his Lord of the Rings. Um there are some very, very uh, humorous similarities to be to be had there. So, uh, in particular, what I'm thinking about is the Eye of the Crimson King, mm-hmm. and then oh, the, yeah, the Eye yeah. of Sauron. Yeah, like oh, that... it's yeah, it's a blatant parallel in a lot of the oh, stuff yeah. that he does. Which I think Stephen King later on, especially, yeah, once he picked picked the series back up, covered his tracks a little bit by pop culturing the fuck out of everything. And, you know, I think that's why you have lightsabers. You have, you never told me this and let's, let's not kid ourselves for the four people here. Um, a snitch as a bomb. No, no. Yeah. I, I did mention that at one point, but I think it's just in all the other things going on, but I, it's a Harry Potter brand. Yeah. 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 As well. The Harry Potter model. Yes. Like I mean, like once I saw that, I, immediate click i i knew exactly i was like oh it's a snitch ha also oh go ahead it's one of the really brilliant sort of metrics that you use for getting into the king world is is basically saying like all of this stuff is infused with things that inspired him there's a lot of star wars references uh before you even get into them riding up with lightsabers and the fact that they're all dr doom is even more entertaining i was gonna bring that up 
Yeah, so it just kind of, I think it's a beautiful way to sort of be emblematic of the fact that he is impacted by those stories, and it shows by the way that it reflects in the universe. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I was, um, god damn it, these dogs. Um, I was, <laughs> was going to say, because you, you brought Dr. Doom, and I was going to compliment that Stephen King does a really good job of making you visualize something, like kind of like burying it a little bit, and then mm-hmm. be like, Yes, you visualize this a hundred percent correctly by having like one of his auxiliary characters be like, kind of looks like that fucker from Marvel, right? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I agree, hundred and ten percent. Proof positive that the old credo of "you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink" is incorrect, because he will just shove your head into the water until you've gotten it, and then you know, make sure that you're all through. Okay. Uh, to your point, though, when we're talking about going into other stories and reading through, yeah, I burned through the the haunting of Hill House in you know like a sitting, like seven or eight hours. Yeah, and yeah, it was the same thing. I felt like it was nice getting a different sort of tone and a different sort of uh, storytelling style. So yeah, it, it is really easy to start you know forcing other things in because you're sort of greedy for it at that point. Right. And speaking of which. Uh, when I started getting into Hereditary, there are a lot of things that I found kind of parallels with how I felt about Haunting of Hill House and My how I man. feel about that. So, yeah, it's going to be – we're going to have a good conversation. I, assume, I but. Okay, this this happens with us frequently, but it hasn't happened that often on this podcast where our segue – like, you segued exactly to where I was going to segue. I assumed. Um, that, was, that was my next uh, my next killing thing because what I did – I did. I went the extra mile for you last night, Shane, <gasps> Michael. Huh? The entire... So, do you remember the arrangement that Shane and I had from last week, Michael? Yeah, the homework that I um, said I wasn't going to do. And you didn't do? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, well, I did it last night. I watched An American Werewolf in London. Well done. But I took notes the entire time. Look at what? you. What? Yeah. So, with no context to anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, cool. I'll I'll have Shane talk about Hereditary first, and then I'll bring up the the rear with some some as Am Wolf. Um, uh, you are very used to bringing up the rear, sir. It is somewhat your lot in life. <laughs> oh, so, so I actually did watch a movie this past week. Oh God, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. My Little Pony Goes to Jackbox. I think was uh, the title that he pulled up. Only slightly different. Um, it was the the movie that was supposed to come out in theaters, Onward. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could talk about that, I guess, maybe. You Disney Plus having so-and-so, you. Hey, I stole it like a red-blooded American would. Uh, All right? Well, I, just none of this streaming I mean, bullshit. Technically, I don't have it either. I just watched my girlfriend's Disney Plus, so. What did you? What? Never mind. Uh, well, you heard me. Short well, and sweet, I believe, was the well, title. Well, Michael, we might need some levity near the end of uh, all of our conversations here, so maybe it is good that you have Onward kind of in the chamber. Uh, I don't know about levity, but sure, yeah. yeah As could... opposed to the homework you were given to help us generate content, which would be, you know, the reasonable and respectable thing to do as a podcast. Anyway, Shane, you watched your next favorite movie. Um, I'm gonna just uh, put the pump the brakes on you there a minute there, Captain. Because uh, no, not quite. Also, I will say up front, I'm I'm not enamored with it. Let's, <gasps> let's say that. Legasp. 
It's I, I'm not saying I don't like it. So let's I'm going to have to, you know, contextualize this very heavily. In order yeah. To get into also, it. do you want to go ahead and your pitchfork. do the uh, spoiler warning ahead? I mean, oh. the movie came out two years ago, so we'll adopt the principle that I've heard on so many other podcasts, which is if you haven't watched it by now, it's your own fucking fault. Which Sweet. Is, I heard that so many times. And I was insulted by it because it's like, no, I, I don't care to get around to these things on your time frame. I want to get around to them on mine. So, yes, if you well, haven't seen the film and you're interested in seeing it and, you know, spoilerific, uh, it, we're going to get into a lot of details here. So brace for impact. We can have And Michael... you can just pause the episode and then watch it and then come right back. That is a beautiful so be way fresh. to go. Yes. It's that a is small yeah. tributary. Or if you're like Michael mm-hmm. and you just refuse to do your homework. Uh, we can have Michael uh, put a skip ahead in the show note. <clears throat> the fuck you talking about? Oh, I'm just do creating more extra work, work for Michael. you since you didn't yeah. do yeah, your I homework. Yeah, I ain't doing that. I never said I would do that. So Shane sh- could do it. So Shane, why do you want to shit on my heart today? No, I <laughs> I really enjoyed it. So I think I spent a significant amount of time. It I had difficulty engaging with it. Let's say that. So why? the characters. Uh, I will operate like the first thing out of my mouth is I'm going to say I'm operating at a deficit here because one Gabriel Byrne and I don't get along. Who's uh, Gabriel Byrne? uh, He plays the dad in the movie. Um, Okay. I'm also um, and I'm spacing on her name at the present, but the individual who plays the mother, I am not. She's not my favorite actress either. Okay. Or actor. Let's keep that. You know. Sure. You know, it's it's going to be non-gender specific with that. because that gets people upset in Tarantino movies. But uh, <laughs> yes, the the actors in the cast in general are not my favorite. So I kind of went in with a bias in place already because I was going, I'm not going to like this so much. Like these fucking guys. And then the absurdity of, I, you know, kudos and credit to the young lady who plays Charlie. Oh but my God. she's she's tough to deal with uh, as someone who has you know a lot of ocd and kind of peccadillos the the glottal stop thing really oh. annoyed me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'm automatically like shutting down on this movie within the first 20 minutes because she's just standing there being bizarre and as someone who has you're going to get facets of my personality here for the listeners who have nothing you know no real familiarity or acquaintance with me i'm like what sort of fucking trash parents are you that you don't have an EpiPen if your child has an actual <clears throat> allergy? And then I'm like, oh, well, here's some really bad foreshadowing. So some of the devices of the storytelling I have little tiny quibbles with. That's and fair. I watched the cinema sins just to sort of see what you know some other illuminated points were. And I, I agree with to. a lot of the things that they were pointing out. That said, I feel like... It was a bleak, kind of disorienting, and a really bizarre story, which The Haunting of Hill House is also. And it's a lot of people sort of reacting to, you know, bizarre circumstances and trying to keep a brave face on. And so the one thing I really give it a lot of credit for is it has that Hellraiser-esque sort of facet of the emphasis is on the individuals trying to be normal under the least normal of circumstances. Also, they end up being the bigger monsters overall. Exactly. So in watching the film, like I was really engrossed and very easily engaged by what we'll call the lore 
of the yeah. story. And that I really am into. And the fact that they were so detail-oriented with it was really nice. And I found myself sort of being drawn to catching the little minute details and pausing and trying to make sure that I was catching things as it was happening, which I don't normally go fine-tooth comb over a film. Yeah. it's fleshed out really well, and I would give a lot of the credit. The performances are fantastic, so it's a great film. It's just really difficult to one. It's the pet cemetery thing. I didn't have a lot of empathy for the characters. I I was kind of getting that impression from you. Yeah, yeah, and so it's difficult to kind of get over that initial hump. But I found the story really compelling, and I was interested in what was <laughs> happening. I just you know the the more that things started going, the how ludicrous the whole sequence of letting the kid go to the party. Her, you know, and him not being attentive at all as a big brother of like they are obviously pounding the world's largest supply of fucking walnuts. And like, yes, they show you a shot of it. So it's intended to somewhat draw your attention to it. But it's like you wouldn't even go check. It's kind of call yeah. it like a Chekhov's walnut, you know? Yes. It's it's basically like, you know, I was doing the Brody Bruce in Mallrats thing. Watching like, the kid <laughs> yeah. is on the escalator again. So I'm like, no one has responsibility in this entire fucking film. So when she goes on her rant at the dinner table, I was like, I was saying this two minutes into this film. What the fuck is wrong with all of you? Yeah, I love, so. I love the nightmares uh, that she has. And then I also, mm-hmm. uh, on the Charlie thing, I... One, the movie begs a rewatch, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like, once you get... I almost did what you said you did with... What was it? Fuck. Um, is it The Witch that you did it with? Essentially, uh, a classic Shane maneuver, which is the movie ends, and then you immediately just restart it, and you go through it again. Yes, I did it with The Witch because I loved it. Which, again, uh, it, we're going to derail all over the place on this, but it's because it's also an A24 film, and they're mm. structured so similarly... It's difficult not to draw the parallels, and I was much more engaged by The Witch than I was with this story. That's fair. Taking nothing away from it, because I found both of them really interesting, great, and compelling. But the thing I did the rewatch on was Mulholland Drive. Mm. It's a David Lynch picture, and it is so bizarre that I was—I mostly restarted it because I was like, I don't feel like I assimilated enough of this. I felt like an idiot by the time I finished it, which most David Lynch films, by the time you get through, you feel like you're— That's how I felt with The Lighthouse, Okay, Uh, which is the follow-up from the director of The Witch. Yes. Um, By the end of that movie, I was like, I enjoyed it, but I don't feel like it was—I was the target demographic— Right. Um, and then I, I kind of did the, you know, internet perusal of like, can someone explain this to me? Like I'm five years old. Right. Um, and apparently the whole thing is like a, like based upon like Greek mythos, um, which now I need to rewatch it with that in mind. And I'm sure I'll enjoy it even more, but, um, on hereditary, I just remember it being recommended to me. I don't remember who recommended it. And I saw it like probably like 1130 at night on Amazon prime. I was like, I think now is the time to start this. Like, I'll, I'll just mm-hmm. check it out. And I, I am very guilty at starting a movie and then finishing it at a later point. Like, okay. so I'll watch like half a movie, go to sleep, wake up, and then with my coffee, finish it. You know, just whatever. And where I end, <laughs> ended my night one watch was terrible because I was in the same boat as you. I was like, this is just weird for the sake of being weird. It feels mm-hmm. like, and I know it's a twenty four, so I'm going to trust the process here. But I, I'm, it might lose me, and it might be like. Like Spring Breakers, I'll never rewatch that A24 movie. Like, maybe this is another strikeout for me. I don't know. And then the party scene happens, and with you, I'm with you 100%. Where I'm like, yeah. they're really going to fucking let this kid die at this party, and she's going to suffocate. Um, 
and then it upped the ante a little bit and it took me completely completely off guard and i don't really and I, i've said it before like i don't really react uh you know externally mm. uh, when i watch movies by myself because who am i who am i trying to share the emotion with except right. for myself and when she gets decapitated oh my <laughs> god i let out the most i was like <gasps> Like it, it literally, like it, it, and that's where my first checkbox is like, I, I think I might end up liking this movie is like, you can take these moments for me and you can, you can really fuck with me. And then to your point further, the lore building there afterwards, I was like, I'm unsettled and I don't know why. Jokes on me though, with that, because I was like, well, thank Christ. I'm not going to have to hear that for the rest of the film. <laughs> But, Son of a bitch but then that you they did. use yeah. for jump scares later. I'm like, I hate you so much. I just well, wanted to be done with this. Another compliment. Can't avoid. And another reason that I'll recommend this movie to anybody who enjoys horror uh, and or performances is because Ari Aster has a really unique gift. And I say it this way because after seeing Midsummer, it's apparent that it wasn't just a one and done with how he picks his or you know gets his talent. Mm-hmm. The way that they that he captures and motivates his actors and actresses to display grief are shattering. Mm. Like the the mom, Ooh. the mom, uh, like just how that family handles grief in general. The performances are just astounding and just spine chilling. Mm. Um, and I know that <sighs> it's hard for me to recommend Midsummer, but I think Midsummer would be more your speed. Because I'm, I'm is, planning on watching it. So it is 110. Like. If you liked Hereditary because of the lore, then Midsummer is basically two and a half hours of them going, here is nothing but lore. Yeah, um, and the the nice aspect of that, as we'll get into when you start going on American Werewolf, is they sunk their fangs really deep in that initial, like the opening sequence, because they don't answer any of the questions. They just leave a lot of that unresolved. So I left that movie with more questions than I had yeah. answered that were remedied. And same thing with Hereditary. I went back going, okay, well, let me research this because I'm fairly certain I've heard this. And I'm one of those, like, I've read occultist literature, so I have seen the name and I'm familiar with, you know, the uh the grimoire for um the key of solomon and i'm like yeah okay that's in it it's represented there that he actually researched it and they pulled in an okay. actual known demon that's listed as you know one of the kings of hell so i was like uh, at least the research wills out the parallel that i drew to it as i was running through there are so many similar films like there's a film that stars the young lady who's the um wife in midsummer it's called malevolent Oh, which is yeah. uh, very similar to what you were talking about with the the fake film crew that goes in and, and Grave films. Encounters. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but it is a group of sort of like paranormal researchers that go in and they're they're all fakes, they're hacks. They go into a house and convince someone that they've found something just to make money. And she is their quote unquote medium, and she's but she actually does have a a gift and is able to see these things. So she's in a house where horrific things have occurred, and she's actually seeing it. And they all think she's just acting, so they're Ooh. encouraging her, like they're like, "Oh, okay, go ahead, yeah, yeah, you're doing really great." And she's really losing like her losing mind. her fucking mind. Yeah. So it's that was a fun parallel. There's also like. Um, the Quiet Ones is another. It's a hammer horror picture. It has a, a lot of similar sort of lore and world building, which you would really like. It's a fantastic film, so if you want to check okay. it out. 
Uh, and also, funnily enough, as I was running through this, I'm like, they fucking lifted the paranormal activity yes. like lore and pulled that in. So I'm like shaking my finger at it. The film that I love, and I think I've turned John on to this previously, is The Ninth Turn me on Gate. all the time. I, yeah, turn me on, <laughs> Dead Man. But The Ninth Gate is the film that has that similar sort of like, uh, you know, the occultist literature and the everyman character descending into madness as they stumble along the path of unraveling these things and discovering that it is actually, in point of fact, true. And so Johnny Depp's fantastic in that one, and Frank Langella's in it, and he's brilliant. So if you, you know, they reference a lot of the books that they use as basis for hereditary in the Ninth Gate. So you'll see similar sort of tributaries of thought there. Michael, anyway, that's me. Michael, have you seen the Ninth Gate? nope how about you and i watch that movie i will probably wait is it on netflix if it's not you can borrow my copy i mean he'll mail it to you first post the post that hurts the most (laughs) you'll be posted i mean i won't make any promises but i'll put a an effort okay well i'm gonna watch the ninth gate before (laughs) next week uh because it is one of the movies that Shane brings up frequently when we talk about horror movies, and it's just happened to be one of those that just, I haven't, let's just say I wasn't ready for it yet. Mm. I, I wasn't at the time where I could see it, and I'm still spoiler-free on it, so I, I think I, I'll have a fun time with it. Okay, it's more um, cerebral than anything. It I'm, is sort of unsettling. Uh, that's what I want right now. Uh, but, um, before we jump into uh, American Werewolf here, one scene of many in Hereditary... Oh my god! That the end with the uh, with decap or the hoisting of herself up and the decapitation in the attic, right. um, that I th- legitimately stuck with me for probably like two weeks after watching it originally. Okay. It fucked my whole life up. I I laughed through the entire sequence because uh, the because you're a serial killer. Yeah. Yes. No. But like how they start. It's the whole film is really bizarre. So I mean, you've got nonlinear storytelling, which I'm. It's automatically difficult. The thing that like threw me out. They never tell you that the the kid told them about the accident until she's making the fucking diorama. Like they oh. he lets her find the body, and then the, there's nothing. They never contextualize that. Yes, he admits what happened. Is it, you're sitting there the whole time. I was like, did they just believe that this just happened, and her body wound up in the fucking car? Like, so you start I think, to I think hit they, that. I think they're trying to imply that like you're smart enough to know that, and without having to show you. The, the whole the, rest of the film, though, is so bizarre that you're almost like. Okay, well, this woman's cracked enough that I would imagine that she would be like, she cut the head off a pigeon, and now they took her head, and we're all being stalked by some supernatural lady. Like, so until they brought that back in, it was one of those things where, like, you're disoriented enough that I felt like they needed to give a couple more mile markers along the That's road fair. to make it feel a little bit more visceral. Because otherwise, it's it's really easy to detach from it. So by the time you get to that scene, and she's suddenly climbing the fucking walls, and then they start <laughs> it does come out of fucking nowhere. Where he wakes up, and then she just floats out of the room, and I I was guffawing at that point. Because it's not like the witch where she starts levitating off the ground, spoilers, uh, at the end of the film... <laughs> And as she's fucking ascending, you're like, oh, shit. 
okay, so the the whole pact with the devil actually happened, and and this is you know this is happening in front of me, where the witch flew at the beginning of the film. We're now seeing the parallel. It's just her wafting through the door. I'm like, and she's fucking flying now. Okay, <laughs> sure. Why the fuck not? Let's just have her levitate across the goddamn room because all of a sudden Wee. the Kathy Bates knockoff is actually her mom's friend. And the cinema sins bit with a point is like, oh, really great fucking job at hiding your sinister plan by taking 28 goddamn pictures of yourselves handing out brownies and having goddamn sorority parties with your goddamn witch's cult. I am and then leaving that. it for her to just magically, you know, discover after she finds out that it's a sinister plot, but before she finds the fucking body up in the attic. Like, it's it's just a little too convenient. And again, you can quibble with any sort of storytelling yeah. this way, but once you get through it, it's like, yeah, when you're already starting to unravel the sweater, like, it's difficult to keep on point when they deprive you of things like that that kind of give you the orientation. How about, um, as a final word, as a directional debut... What do you it's, think? Visually, stylistically, it's brilliant. It's a really well shot film. I loved it. It felt like an A24 film. Yeah. Like it really fits in with their canon. And the performances were great. It was unsettling in all the ways it needed to be. I approve. Like it's a great film. I will watch it again. I really liked it. I think that it had the potential to be more to me, so I was more poking holes in the boat by the time we got to the end. And some of the things, like I talked about, I, I wished it would have been a little bit more refined. But Fair. that's a style choice, and yeah. that you know, taste is totally subjective. We were talking about this. Melissa and I talked about how I claim I hate absurdist humor, and she thinks that the Coen Brothers films are all just pure absurdist humor huh. and i was like you're right because it is it is theater of the absurd in a lot of ways but the peccadillos they have are similar to my peccadillos so i can relate to that more than the office where you know people are just staring at each other and doing that like did yeah, he just say two, that it's two different approaches right um so yeah, I hate I Wes Anderson films. Oh. Like I do not like them. And again, see that's people do that. And those who are cinema fiends, obviously the Richard Edwards thing, like the man's based all of his bloody you know band names on the uh, Royal Tenenbaum. So obviously, it's got merit to it. But I just I don't like the actors he chooses. I don't like the style of filmmaking. But it's to it's totally taste. It has nothing to do with the quality of it. It's just not for me. So. That's fair. Well, Shane, thank you for watching one of my recommend, recommended well, bless movies. Bless you for recommending it because I, I really enjoyed it and I appreciated you sharing it because I, I, as much as I loved The Witch, it was a nice, you know, sort of like calling card or, or a second verse, if you will. Yeah. So it was fun to watch. Thank you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know you don't have to give me any provocation to go on at length about cinema because it's, no, like, no, it's no, no. a really easy balloon to pop because I'll no, just go all over the I place. knew exactly what I was setting up last week by doing these little things. So And Michael's just desperate to get a word in edgewise. I see that Drool's actually there, accumulating in the corner of his mouth now. So There were a couple times I wanted to jump in, but you guys were describing it well enough that like I felt that a lot of my points... A lot of my points that I would have added in were kind of almost superfluous. So or... you could say that you were just being a producer slash editor, just making sure that everything goes according to plan. Uh, I guess. I'm giving you kudos sure. for use of the word superfluous. I mean, a lot of what I do is considered superfluous, so uh, well, it's a close I'm one. used to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay, so Sh Shane, Michael, how would you prefer that I, I discuss... Uh, an American Werewolf in London. Do you want me just to read the notes as I have them in With here? With dance. 
interpretive dance please how about i just read them as i have as i have it written because it's shorthand because i was trying to pay attention to the movie i didn't i didn't pause it all i just you know just okay. whatever and sounds, sounds fine to me. shane yeah. you can you can you know pull i'll interject wherever i need to yes so the first note that i have is debbie noel quote nothing dull about that body unquote because yep. it's <laughs> him <laughs> it um, is very much a product of its era like it feels like a film that was made in the 70s so yeah and i mean technically probably production was late 70s because it came out yes. in 81 yes it was um, basically i think it was late 79 into 80 when they were shooting so uh backpacking sounds dumb to me i've never understood it as on principle so like the fact that they're just like so willy-nilly like happy to be just hoofing it for three months uh well, it all depends on, like, what do you mean by backpacking? If you mean, like, traveling all over the place, like, by car, whatever. I mean, like, it's an adventure of sorts. They are hitching As, their like, way something... across England at the beginning of the film, and they are planning on going to Europe later. So they're backpacking across Europe. Yeah. Okay. So, like, not walking, walking, but, like. They're walking for a lot of it, actually. They're okay, trying no, to hitch, that, but, no. yeah, they're walking a lot of it. <laughs> no, I'd rather, like. Because if I ever got the chance to backpack, it wouldn't be something that's, like, months long. I would rather, all right, taking the train to this place, taking a train, flying to this, busing to that. Hey, car- Like, just <clears throat> being it. Cardio, man. Yeah. Nah. Um, nah. <laughs> so we get to the Slaughtered Lamb Pub, which I just I just have a note that says, Slaughtered Lamb Pub. I think it's because I liked the imagery, uh, like the, the, the logo. Yeah, the sign is brilliant. You gotta love um, it. And then the next three notes I have are all related to interactions inside of the the pub. Uh, the first you one made I made me miss the board. Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, the first one I have is my man's getting my man's getting heckled by Mike Myers because one of the dudes in there to me looked like Mike Myers. <laughs> um, also, they said pentangle, and it threw Becky and I off. Uh, to the point where we rewound it because we thought they had mispronounced pentagon or or uh, pentagram. <laughs> or, it's you know, you know it's interchangeable. It's a um, British idiom, you know. And then to your uh, to what you already jumped to, um, I just have a note that says Jim Jeffries playing darts. LOL. Because <laughs> that mother seriously, look up Jim Jeffries and then look up or just look at that guy in the scene. They are identical twins. I also really love that the uh, the gentleman who sort of tells the joke and then gets a lot of the exposition out is in Alien 3. He is uh, <gasps> one of the yeah. uh, priests in that. So I was more tickled by the casting where I was like, there's a lot of you know heavy hitters in here from the obscurest sort of uh, method actor school here. Yeah. Um, and then I think it jumps ahead to when uh, they cross the moor. They are uh, kicked out and have to wander the moors at night, which they tell them to stay off of the moors. But you but know, then, they, as Americans are wont to do, they say, "Well, we know what we're doing here." Fuck that shit. Um, and you then, don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And then the slaughter happens, and Jack is down for the count. And the note that I have leading from there is, "Well, I guess it's not called two American werewolves for a reason." Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like I really enjoy you get very few hero shots of the creature. It's always done in flashes like they they don't have to overexpose it, which it leads, you know, you have to kind of figure out as it goes along. Yeah, I tried to go into it um as I go into any movie that's, you know, older. Dated. Yeah, like with okay, with the things that I'm seeing, it probably would have like just blown me away back 
back then it would have been super effective but also mm-hmm. even still now whether if it was a stylistic approach or a budgetary approach doing it that way was super effective mm. it's the uh, hitchcock thing like your mind will always make it more vivid and better than it would be if they try to show it to you yeah um and <laughs> so when he uh, when he wakes up uh, and he's in the hospital bed. There's a note I have here. It's like nurse talking about his dick. That that's why she knows he's Jewish. Uh-huh. I thought it was just the. It, if we were just talking about things being dated, that was like probably the most dated part of the whole movie. She's like, well, I know he's a Jew because I lifted up the covers and. <laughs> I will admit, like a lot of the humor is really sophomoric, which is you know the guy actually. Um, I'm spacing on who the director was. He was 20 when he wrote that script and filmed it. So it helps to contextualize that he is the age of the characters that he's writing. So not difficult to see that those are the sort of jokes that are being made. Um, Mr. Collins is actually Uncle Touchy, and he sounds like Kermit fucked Seinfeld. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) I like your Mystery Science Theater 3000 approach to this. I, I really do. Well, it's because at a certain point I told Becky, I was like, hey, like, we're watching this movie, but it, it says in the description itself that it's somewhat of a comedy, too. So, like, right. I'm I'm not approaching this as, like, art cinema. Like, if, if you want to, like, we can, like, let's shit talk each other during this movie a little bit. Like, let's have fun with, with watching An American now, Werewolf in London. You do know that was actually Frank Oz, right? No, I did not. Yeah, that was Frank Oz. So that's the character. So, yeah, so, the reason it is, is it is literally, you know, Miss Piggy doing that. So voice. I am a genius on accident. Well, it wasn't Kermit, but I mean, he it's Frank Oz. So you have the Muppet-esque kind of feel for the voices there. But yes. Yeah. Uh, Michael, you know what the Muppets are? Uh, They do a lot of uh, kid shows on PBS, right? <laughs> and Circle Gets the Square. And that is why you can't watch them because you can't be within 50 feet of the shows as they're being filmed? Or Yeah, TVs also count. Like, okay. if someone puts on, like, that show, I gotta I Gotta, gotta change channels immediately. Um, okay. And then what I think is probably my favorite moment in the whole movie happens not shortly after, uh, or perhaps shortly after. It's uh, the orderly, he's pushing the cart, and the nurse is trying to ask him a question, and he very shortly and curtly is like, I'm an orderly, not a psychiatrist. I just push things around. Yep. <laughs> True. I With fucking... a blessed Indian accent as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next note. Uh, nurse and Mr. Werewolf are going to fuck so hard. And how. <laughs> that is one of those blessed 80s sex sequences as well oh we're, we're getting there like, oh yeah. man um his dreams are hilarious to me they are very interesting uh, uh especially the one where they're all wearing crude masks and they break into his family's house while they're eating dinner and they just are brandishing semi-automatic weapons those are nazi <laughs> werewolves by the way okay cool uh, I said, oh they're demon nazis that's what they're described I said, as crude masks on what look like nazis is what i Yeah, they are they are demon nazis and then i just have one that's very long just david <laughs> um then this acting is ouch there is is very really yeah (laughs) yeah there's some really really tough sections to get through (laughs) um and then this nurse trying to fuck 
The Florence Nightingale syndrome is very strong with that woman. I mean, it is impressively strong. But, and then, all caps I wrote, loving the setup. Yeah. Because I didn't know where it was going. Like, I didn't, again, I've never seen it before. And I know mm. it's a product of its time and stated, but the setup is super effective where he's, like, dragging his knuckles on, like, wanting to accept that this is reality. Yep. And then I really, really like the, let's call it the lore of, like, the uh, the limbo. And, yes. and, and why the interplay Jack, between he and his friend. Yeah. Uh, it's probably some of my favorite stuff. Um, yeah, it's great. And then we have the subway. And the subway, I think, is my all-time, like, you were describing the uh, the filming methods, like, mm. showing it off-camera. The entire, it was actually ended up being super tense through that now, whole sequence. You're getting to the subway after the transformation, and we didn't touch on the transformation sequence at all. So, did it live up to the hype when you got to it, or? Oh, you know what? Maybe I'm jumping ahead. Why do I have the subway written up there? I don't know, but yeah, this uh, okay. You don't hold get on to the subway till after the, the oh, metamorphosis. So. It's um, he's on his. It's the subway where he's making the faces at the nurse. Oh, okay, yes. Over all the like, uh, like Londonite punks. Yes, uh, you know the glorious uh, spiked hairdos and all the drunkards, and he's just making faces. And yeah. Michael, you have not seen this movie. No, this has to be so much fun for you just to hear. Yes. <laughs> Are you being deposed right now? Like, yes, maybe. <laughs> I'm holding you in contempt, regardless. Well, so. Michael, if I had yes. to, if I had to pitch this movie to you uh, on one scene alone, it would be the shower sex scene that happens after what we've just talked about. It is some of the laziest dry humping that I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, also, Sold. also during the entire scene, like. They're not fully kissing each other, but they're not not kissing each other. And no. then they're also doing like these like weird nibbles on the like the corner of the shoulder blade, but they're not anywhere close to having sex. It's but quote unquote sensual. Um, I wrote it was like watching my own sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> World's longest and worst sex scene. <laughs> it, it's basically like watching two people try to shake hands who hate each other. Yeah. It's just so awkward and painful, and you're like, could you just get this over with, please? And they just drag it on, and I'm like, listen, I know she's attractive, and you just wanted to film her for as long as humanly possible, but yeah, dear I mean, God, let her up. There was one nipple in the movie, so I was. I was very, very happy that they oh, at least... Man. They she's a she... very fetching British woman. Yeah. We will give her credit for that. Um, I love that his friend... So, David, I love that David's friend is there just to roast him in limbo. I also love that they have him deteriorating as it's happening as well. So he's not just staying the same. He's actually yeah. decaying. Every time you see him in the movie, he's in a different state of decay, which is dis- which made me curious about the werewolf that bit uh, David mm. um, or, you know, killed Jack. And, or Anyway, it made me wonder about that werewolf because of how many people he had to have killed. And if the deterioration keeps happening, like essentially you're just being haunted by just skeletons uh-huh. you know, like just and how bizarre that would be so um i said man nurse alex has low standards she just wants dicked down constantly i i mean yeah she doesn't seem to be very discerning considering he is obviously losing his mind when they're still in and the she's hospital just and she still takes off. him home yeah, yeah she's like oh it's cute he's got a nice dick why not and then i have was this movie just one big setup for the bad moon rising song 
It feels like it. The, and Blue Moon. Every moon-related song in human history is featured in this film, with the was, exception of ours. I was waiting for Crescent to pop up at the end of it. I was going to make an M-O-O-N joke, but I didn't even need to. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I do have the setup was worth the transformation. Uh, yeah. The transformation scene was so fucking cool. Both times that you get it was great. I think I think the second transformation was a, even a little more like, ooh, because you're yeah. watching him like the nail go through the fingernail. Like, uh-huh. Um, yeah, like the back of the theater transformation? Yeah. Yeah. It, and he's, you know, like being observed as well, which is even worse because it's that voyeuristic kind of feel where it's like, it's you know it's the worst thing that conceivably happens to him. And he's like, oh, God, now I've got to do this in public yeah. in a nudie booth. Um, I have my favorite character is Jack. Uh, he is well worth, yeah, just his ribbing the entire time. And then, you know, being a, they actually let the actor operate the puppet for the skeleton at the that's end as well. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It, the Rogan podcast where they talk to the gentleman that does the makeup effects is, is fun to listen after you've okay. seen the movie. For sure. Um, we already touched on this, but I said victims in limbo is such a cool concept. Mm. Um, and then my final two notes, Piccadilly is being torn apart and Nurse Alex is just dreaming of dick. Yep. Um, and then I wrote, LOL, what a dismount. Because that movie, <laughs> the way it ends is almost like someone just ran out of paper. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those things, like, I love that it was short enough that it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like, it just kind of hits you with enough. And before the acting really drives you insane, where you're like, oh, my God, this is so cheesy. They at least get to the the ending quickly enough. Where you're like, okay, that the Piccadilly sequence is terrifying. Like, if yeah. you take it just in, without looking at the fact that, yes, it looks a little dodgy that it's doing the werewolf scramble across and everything, like, it, it's still a fun sequence, and it's just ripping people's heads off, just biting people's skulls. Yeah, it's it, exactly what yeah. would happen. Overall, though, I uh, I have to say I did, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it more for... I enjoyed it more on my end because of how dated it was, and because yeah, and... with all the time that's passed since it came out, it feels like a B horror to me it's campy it's very Um, campy and it was just it was perfect for mentally where we've been you know like it it worked really well for that time i think it'll make its rounds during the halloween season like it's i can see why it's a staple yeah and now that we've finished you know cucking michael for another 40 minutes i will say that i looked it up and i couldn't easily find the shower scene that you were talking about on how unfortunate have you tried pornhub yeah no, just, I was only looking on hey, YouTube. I didn't want to, to turn it into a long uh, Go to search. Pornhub and type in werewolf shower sex. Oh, my goodness. Okay. That's going to be Oh, my God. He's actually going to do it. I like this. Cash find. All right. Uh, let's do it. Uh, and speaking of our lore, three gentlemen that are constantly driven by the urges of their genitals, apparently. That's our, the plague of our gender, actually. That's what I understand. It's the only thing we're good for and bad for. Uh, now, I will also say, uh, running through, like, in the instances of a Hereditary really inspiring me, there are several episodes of the Black Tapes podcast and the Magnus Archives, uh, particularly Magnus Archives has an episode that's called A Father's Love, where it is a gentleman who is killing members of a cult and bringing them back and sacrificing them 
uh, in like a shed behind his home where he okay. keeps all of their hearts in a jar. So he's a policeman that turns into a serial killer. And you don't find out what the origins are of his actions until you're in like the fourth season oh, shit. of the podcast. So they play, I'm telling you, Magnus Archives, if you ever really get like bored out of your mind and you finally succumb to me goading you about it, it is so worth it because the storytelling is brilliant and for a podcast medium is as good as it gets okay. as far as them putting you in the world so let me retort with this do you have puzzles at home do i have puzzles no i did i mean if i had one it was one that my mom gave me that was like jesus appearing okay. in front of people so no oh like actual jigsaw puzzles sorry i found something but i'm waiting for a moment before Michael, i do please uh, for the love of god it. just talk uh, about it Oh, well, I mean, I didn't watch it. I was going to use the magic of... Screen sharing? Hold on. Oh. Yes. Oh, you're... Oh. I don't think I've made you a presenter in... Oh, well, all right. What? So is this is this a scene from there? <laughs> Hold on. Nope. That is... Uh, so the American Werewolf in Paris is oh, like... Oh, Paris. Yeah, it's okay. A, it's a all right. Never but, mind. Uh, all right. Oh, and wait. I don't know who this Rose Crowley is. Rose watches. I'm, I'm very upset that I'm recording this now. Particularly, I'm recording this on my work uh, computer, so <laughs> okay. bear All that right, I'm in mind. Share. <laughs> Done. Oh. <laughs> Let's do this on our own time, gentlemen. There's people listening to this. This was the best section of our podcast to date. I, I'm going to disagree patently with that, but yeah. Uh, so to describe it, um, even though I already exited out of it, I went to Pornhub and I searched "American Werewolf in London Shower Scene." And I got a video, a, 20, a two minute, 40 second video of, I think, a porn actress watching it on her phone. And then a sex scene from American Werewolf in Paris. Can, can you um, please describe? It was one row, it was in the second row far left. Can you describe what that one was? I don't know. Those were the only two I was paying attention to. There was something I saw that mentioned some sort of like. It was. I think somewhat, it said World of Warcraft yeah, or something. It was World but, of Warcraft, Death Claws, which is a Fallout reference, and something else. And the still image was someone wearing a like a cheap werewolf mask and like clad in like again like fake costume leather, uh, just railing abroad. <laughs> Shane right. is so I have never seen Shane this visibly uncomfortable before. I no, it's more I just I despair for the future of this species. The, this is the lengths to which we are debauched. And I listen, I'm one of the most deplorable human beings on the planet. And even that, I'm like, oh, come on, really. I mean, if it gets you off, it gets you off. Now I've never been that complicated. Say, I really haven't. I beg to differ. Now, Michael. Before we start diving down the last of our little rabbit holes, uh, <laughs> okay. Do you Pun have? Intended. Do you have like your all-time like oof awkward bruh sex story? Do you have something like that? Sex story? Yeah. Uh, like, have you ha- have you uh, had oh, sex? Ooh, ooh. Um. Yes, I have. Um. Oh. I just had sex to use a Lonely Island let's, reference. Uh, let's um, go ahead real quick, just for Steven. Um. Sp- uh, not spoilers. Uh, trigger warnings here for the remainder of the episode. It's it, there's a lot of holes being filled. That's not just Steven. Oh, okay. it's it's honestly not as awkward as you think it is. Oh, good. Um, we'll just ramp it up. <laughs> also, title well, of your sex uh, tape. <laughs> I wish. No, uh, it was like a long time ago. An ex in a galaxy far, far were, away. Yeah, sure. Um, we were at my place, 
so literally the room next like right behind me and we were goofing around we were start gonna start and then i there's a knock on the door so we're already naked we throw the covers over Mm us and um one of our friends comes in or no wait sorry yeah yeah okay all right two two awkward sex stories um him my roommate and another person they're all plastered he comes down he sits next to me pretty much almost sits on my lap on the bed he's like how's it going bud and i'm like uh okay i guess and he proceeds to just talk to me about like how lovely life is for a good 10 minutes and i'm just sitting there like shirtless like are you are you naked naked. all the way like underneath the covers and he's just sitting next (laughs) to you and also your your girl and your girl is also 100 percent naked covering up with the the blanket and he's not taking a hint because he's drunk oh yeah yeah, yeah, it plastered. Now, was he trying to make a menage like, a trois happen, perhaps? N- uh, no. <laughs> I don't think so at I all. Can, but no, I yeah. can tell why uh, she's your ex, because you don't know how to lock a goddamn door when you're going to be having sex. To quote Brandon Yuri, haven't you people ever heard of closing Indeed. the goddamn closing door? The, the goddamn door. Yeah. I like the radio. Oh, okay, as an aside, I like the radio edit for that, because they only censor God. They they don't censor damn. Well, hail Satan. And then uh and then uh what is it? Parmesan be praised. They also say like they also say shh at some point, but I can't remember I know, what they were saying. The censoring. the video's a lot of fun because he does like the sarcastic, you know, covering of his mouth, kinda like you and Oh, I didn't even know yeah, that. Watch the video. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, thank you for kind of, you know, warming up a little bit. Shane, what or is my... what is your secondary sex story then? Oh God. um it involves Kind of the same situation. I was there at my in my room. We were about ready. You didn't busy, lock the door I again. A, no, 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 no. I got a phone call from uh, one of our friends who said that um, roommate and another the same guy that also went in and talked. Uh, they were kicked out of their Uber along um, Broadway Road, and uh, we needed to or they needed a ride. So I was like. Okay, I guess I'll stop what I'm doing and pick them up because it's like midnight and they're out there by themselves plastered. Is this the same guy, just if, if I can make a, a guess, is this the same guy that I nearly made cry? Dewan and I both nearly made cry because we ripped on Rush so hard? No. Okay. Not him. No, no. This is why I don't have Different friends, guy. gentlemen. Dude, fucking I'm same. Gonna, I'm just going to lay that out there. Yeah. So I, I also made it clear to them that I was picking them up, like, what I was doing beforehand. And so, like, the person that called, she kind of apologized a little bit. I would I would um, say I will be there when I am goddamn good and ready. So give me an hour. I, once, I hope you don't stumble into traffic. I once <laughs> give me five showed seconds. up to Shane's apartment. Uh, Naked and drunk. Yeah, no, we had... A plan for the day so i showed up surprisingly to my memory at least somewhat on time uh, and, oh, and i that, thought you were gonna say and sober that wouldn't have mattered in the slightest because shane was too busy finishing up and i think i waited outside for at least 10 to 15 minutes before he's like oh yeah sorry you know i was i was uh, we, we were having sex yeah, and, and, and there uh you were early in your defense oh so, that never happens that's why yeah and that never it. happens i was not expecting it but you were early and I was not early, so. Uh, well, Michael, thank you for sharing uh, those awkward sex stories. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm Michael. I mean, uh, I was going to say, <laughs> Wait, which what? of your sex stories are not awkward? 
none of mine are, are not awkward. They're yeah, I was awkward. gonna say it's, um, it's impossible. So, so Shane, do you want to be the uh, the the finisher on this one? You want me to go first? Huh? I mean, if we're if you're trying to get me to tell the the one story, like I said, that has to be that that can't be told in a piecemeal fashion. That's like a two hour full discussion. If I'm I don't get think all it's the a gory details discussion, I, dude, you were there no. when I told you the story at one point. It, it's like I can't tell that out of context, particularly the way it ends. You you cannot get to that sequence without having. Well, gone then, full bore. Then I feel like I can sit on my topic. No, tell as I mean at this point, I don't think we're too far in. We're not going to drive Michael to distraction. I will try to get it out as quickly as possible. Then I want you to title go of first. my sex tape. No, you go first. Fine. Which one do you want? <laughs> no, which hole do you want? The shorter one. So it was a. Uh, it was the last time that I was single, and it was the first time that I actually was. Uh, very active on tinder uh as far as like i had nothing to do like i would go to work <laughs> i would get home and i would throw on a show and i'd be on tinder we'd be in the recording studio i'd be on tinder and i didn't have a lot of success because i don't have any game and, it's also tinder so. and it's tinder um that being said if you want the true ending and not the uh, you know the fake final boss here. Like I did end up meeting my wife on Tinder, so yes. so I guess something good did come out of it. Or on it, um, in it, in it. <laughs> so my first successful hookup from Tinder. Uh, oh, it's so fucking bizarre. <laughs> Still, every time I think about. Um, See, and this is why I say my story is a long-winded story, yeah. because the second you start trying to contextualize, it's like, how much thread do I need to pull out here that doesn't make me sound like a total piece of shit? Well, that's the weirdest part about this, is that I don't feel like a complete piece of shit about this particular hookup, because I, I did this thing from the early, like, from the onset of using Tinder, being like, I'm just going to be as obnoxiously honest with, with women as I can possibly be, because... They're going to find out eventually right. that, I'm, that I'm not fun to be around. So we're, I'm just going to, like, cut all these corners and just, like, tell you all the bad things about me first. Yeah, it's like, what purpose does it serve being a used car salesman? <laughs> you know, because I am the lemon, so selling you on the bad car <laughs> seems somewhat superfluous. So that being said, I, I matched this girl, and she's super cute. And we start, you know, hitting it off over the, the chat features, and I am laying it on pretty thick that, you know, just out of a relationship, not looking for anything other than what Tinder is originally proposed for, uh, yada yada, and things start heating up, and she's, uh, you know, I, you know, instead of using the Tinder app, we actually have each other's phone numbers now, and she is sending nude after nude after nude, which greatly appreciated. There's, I, I, there's no way to artfully take a nude of yourself as a guy, but whenever you are blessed to receive one um from you know the fair sex it's just magnificent oh there are um, ways to artfully take pictures of yourself there are there is not not with this small oh, little dick oh trust no, me there is not with me um i have wreaths just all around the house purely for that purpose she, <laughs> she starts peppering in like between these news or whatever like like talks of like you know that she has like something uh she has a secret and she thinks that she can share it with me Mm-hmm. And that I'll be the one person that can understand based on, you know, the conversations that we've had. And I don't know. My my mantra back in the day was I've done worse. 
<laughs> like I've, I've been... And it's true. <laughs> and it's not really an advisable way to live your life. <laughs> in hindsight. Fair. <laughs> so I we, we get to the point where she tells me what it is. And what she likes is a really specific kink. And that's, uh, what is it? Little, little girl daddy dom? Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. I had never heard of this shit. Um... I, no, I hadn't. It's, I like that he's it's, incredulous it's, at yeah, that. That's not my lane. I mean, like, it feels like it's a... I, I would feel like it's a common fetish, right? For a, yeah. It's for your... a grown-ass woman to want to be treated like a child. Like, it is to a the fairly point... common fetish, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, color me ignorant, then, because I had no idea... I mean, the whole schoolgirl fantasy and all that. Yeah, that's more school... for the male perspective. Yeah. Yeah. The school girl... Well, yes, yeah, but, like... That's a mainstream right. sort of aspect yes. of it. Let's yeah. not quibble. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. So, 2020, we so don't my, kink shame, John. So my ignorant ass. No. <laughs> um, Got filled up with big she, black cock. She asked, she asked me if I am comfortable uh, you know, hooking up with someone that has that fetish and if I'd be willing to kind of, let's say, play ball. And I'd... I'd done worse, or I, I hadn't done worse than that. I, 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 I was like, you know what? Sure, I'll try anything once, twice, or until it ruins my life forever. Like mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So I agree, and the conversation from that point on just like complete one eighty changes, and all of a sudden she's she's calling me daddy, and she's asking if she can do routine things throughout her day, and we're setting up a date. And by date, I mean we're not going to even see each other face to face in a public space. Oh, she, it's like straight up, like she's full just, life. She's dumb. just gonna fucking. Oh. She's just gonna come to my house. Mm. Like that's that's where we. The only time I ever met this girl, she came straight to my apartment. We didn't go to dinner. We didn't do anything. She just showed up, and she is wearing. She has this like tiny little backpack on, and she looks adorable. She's wearing like a sundress. She looks kind of she's like, kind of preppy in a weird way. Mm. I, like Shane now. You, can we also Did you put your middle finger up, Adam? Hold on. <laughs> Preps. Now, also, again, like there are details that we need to pepper in here because having lived through this experience as well, John, being John, is sharing this with his sister. So he's discussing and the build up to this was Details, is, yeah. Yes, no, they're not she's not staring at the nudes and planning on joining in, but just meaning that you're talking to her about the exploits because it's kind of that odd like I cannot believe this is actually happening. You believe this shit? And you're yeah. not looking to build a structurally sound relationship with this person. You're just trying to get off. So it's just fun. But I remember specifically you telling me that Kristen was the one thing that she's like can you make her eat out of the cat bowl? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So the moment that oh, this is so bad. Let me <laughs> let's put a little asterisk here. Is that just, no? Just dive in. Super sex positive. Like as long as you're not hurting anybody. Like it's and you find someone that that wants to participate in these things and it's not harmful. Like fucking go for it. Yes. That being said, the moment that of we course. found out that this like kink existed and one that she was so far down into this kink, we were talking about before she showed up. Like. Hey, if you wanted to ex- like expand upon this for a few weeks and have her clean the apartment to be a good girl, <laughs> you know, you could <laughs> like to be daddy's little girl. And I was like, that is a fascinating way for me to get tricked into being into a relationship. <laughs> Daddy wants you to do the laundry again. <laughs> so she shows up and and she is she's super super cute, which I guess is, you know. She's very sprightly, yes. Yeah. Um, 
and we end up i i'm i'm uncomfortable you know like i i'm still new to the whole being single thing i'm very new to the tinder game and you're not actually a garbage person so it's easy to contextualize you're not just prepared to make this woman a spectacle no so she shows up wearing her sundress she's super cute it like it disarms me a little bit and i'm like hey like i and back then i was smoking uh, like a chimney so i was like hey like let's go onto the patio and i'm gonna have uh smoke and you know like we'll have a couple drinks and just hang out and and she smokes pot so like she's out there smoking pot i'm chain smoking cigarettes she's drinking whatever booze i'm drinking whatever booze and as you would expect all of a sudden the talk of trauma comes up and it comes up in the most unnatural way where i was asking her what she's going to school for and she's going to school to be a psychologist or psychiatrist or what what have you and she she pivots from that into telling me Again, she's just met me face-to-face, and this is within 30 minutes, of telling me about all of her past traumas. And it's not me; it's not for me to say out loud what those traumas were, but they were fucking rough and severe. Yeah. That being said, we were at my place for a specific reason, and we were both consenting adults, <laughs> and we ended up moving things into my bedroom. So and... fuck your feelings, <clears throat> let me fuck your face. Well, I later, I later wrote something... <laughs> Later wrote something really callous on a lyric, which is like, you have to fix yourself before you can fix another person. Um, And that was a lyric, especially about her. I was like, you're spending all this time, like, going to school to, like, learn how to fix people. But you, yourself, like, haven't taken the same steps. So it's kind of, like, pointless. She Um, looked very much like Harley Quinn as well. So I think it was apt. You got to play Mr. J. Yeah, I guess. Um, (laughs) So there were a lot of uh, awkward things that happened uh in my bedroom and the first one was that after we kind of like did all the necessary for foreplay and whatnot i found out that from the moment she had gotten to my apartment she'd been uh wearing a butt plug (laughs) like from the (laughs) onset so i like we're going down i was like what is that and and she kind of just like brushes it off and without getting too too graphic she didn't really have a very hygienic order of events on how she wanted things done mm. um also so, did you mention the uh was the suit at another time no yeah that was at another time okay all right i just wanted to make sure that we weren't missing out on the juicy details there so oh keep in mind God. again michael she she came to the apartment with a backpack on um yes so we're all done with the fun bits and in my head, as most, I'm like, all right, cool. Well, that was successful. No one cried. Everything and was great. Thank you yeah. for coming. And I come back from the bathroom uh, after getting cleaned up, and she is changed into pajamas. And the pajama Foot, is a footy pajamas. They were. A, it was a onesie. <laughs> oh my god! And it was like a like a cat, not like leopard print, but like a fucking cat onesie. <laughs> and she has emptied the contents of her backpack and it's just a bunch of like suckers and candies and she's asking me in a little girl voice if she has earned the right to eat lollipops or like to like enjoy lollipops (laughs) (laughs) and again by the way we're all going to hell so just bear (laughs) that in mind oh my god 
Kit, can I have a lolly? Oh, God. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> had triggered. Yeah, I'm fucking triggered. And she's asking me. She's asking me if I want some, and I'm like, no, I'm an adult. I don't fucking need. Sh- <laughs> I just. <laughs> so you were talking to her like you would talk to an actual child at that point. It's like, no, I don't need a goddamn lollipop. The whole thing is a clusterfuck. Yes, daddy. And, and mind you, like, it's getting later, and I think it has to be at least midnight or close to one o'clock at this point. Oh, my God. Um, and I guess, I don't know, a lot of a lot of it I'm starting to block out, just because... Repress yeah. is, the, is the correct term. <laughs> but I think, overall, the thing that offended me about this experience wasn't any of that... It was that during this time I was uh, a pescatarian, so or so I'd eat fish, but nothing else. But I would essentially be like, yeah, I'm a vegetarian. It's an easier easier way to explain it uh, back then. And when we were talking, she's like, oh yeah, me too, totally, whatever. And I was like, oh cool, like it's always nice, like when you're talking to somebody and you don't need to like if you're gonna go out to dinner, like not having to go through that hurdle of like, I, I don't know. If you don't she, eat meat, no, how I, are I, we I, gonna I, get along? I, I, is someone that dated two vegetarians in the past? I understand what you're saying, like yeah. You have to take that into consideration. So I found I found out <laughs> at the conclusion of the evening what her definition of vegetarianism was, because she was oh still God. hungry. So you know, Daddy had to take her out to dinner. <laughs> so I took her. Beautiful. I, took her through a, uh, I love it. I want ice cream <laughs> through a, a Jack in the Box <laughs> drive-through, and uh, I order. I don't remember what the fuck I order, but she orders a burger, but instead of a bun, she gets it wrapped in lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but oh God. to this day uh just seeing the cat suit and she walked around in the cat suit like she got into the car in the cat suit my sister saw her walk around the apartment in a fucking cat suit um Beautiful. had you removed the butt plug entirely at this point yeah she had she had rinsed it off and put it into her backpack after okay. taking out the lollies thank god um so don't want to mix your butt plug and yeah, lollies exactly. no. yeah so yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, she wanted more than a one-night stand after explicitly saying that she was also in the mood for nothing more than just a one-night stand, and I uh, haven't talked to her since, but, uh, oof. Uh, but I did try one, things got desperate, and she never responded, so I think she, I think she moved on. I think she's doing okay. Or she's dead. <laughs> well, I said, all these sequences, we're just gonna assume the person's died of unnatural causes. Well... <laughs> Speaking speaking about things dying, Shane, take me home. Oh God. <sighs> oh, do we really oh, need fuck to, we do, Michael? Uh, I don't know why. You don't need to beat the why record. It is that you feel like you want to end this as quickly as humanly possible? You are the one who wanted to start this whole little thing in motion, Michael. So this podcast I'm just is going to go as long as it goddamn needs to, and you're just going to deal with it. Uh, oh my goodness so all right wait before okay all right before you start it because somebody wanted to discuss this on camera or on recording so you guys are interested in reading the fan fiction the my immortal we can do that uh i yeah i would say of anything i thought the best way to approach it would be since i've been around while you read text uh, I will take the role of the narrator so that I will handle the, the bulk of the nonsense. And then, I, the you know, you can still be Ebony when she's speaking in her, you know, natural okay, voice. Fine. You give me whatever role you feel right. appropriate. 
Well, it's more like assigning like people. Like who? Who? Like, are you going to be Snap? Are you going to be Lupin? Are you going to be Dumbledore? Like, now you know if you are thing. if you're bound and determined to to narrate the thing, I won't deprive you of it. And I think you did a stellar job of it while we were doing the episode, so perhaps that is what individuals want. I also just feel like you read enough of the text while we were doing the show that it would feel like we were rehashing, because you read the entire first chapter already anyway. Well, I also read it more straight-faced. I'd want to be a little more flowery with the Oh, read. well, floridity um, is to be encouraged. Mm, quite. Yes, because when I edited it, I definitely thought to myself that i was being a little too um boring with the read like i didn't give it enough of the chutzpah or you know insert word that's synonymous okay. with that well so you want to be a thing. showman so a little it's, bit it's your world Not the greatest but uh you know you're fucking this dog i'm just holding its head so you know Tell me what you want I'll, me to do. I'll, I'll think I about it. Know. I'll How think about, about it. You just record as much of the bits as you want, and then John and I are are we're, we're happy to to take part. We've we've given you tacit approval at this point. Well, uh, okay. So then that that actually is a good point. So then I do have. Do we want to record it like quote unquote live, I, or do we want to record? Separate I think the pieces? interplay, of course, is what you're probably aiming for. Is you want it to be live a little bit? So, yeah, yeah, we'll be there. I'm yeah. just saying. You know, you know, we're going to rib you ceaselessly as we go through that process, and it's going to be oh, yeah. long. And since I know you're I know. so opposed to the idea of something yeah, know, taking right? a reasonable amount of time, but I can take my sweet time with those episodes you can take because your sweet they time won't be with this too. No, I can't. I have deadlines to meet. But I mean, if we record on a separate day, on another day, it'll be easier. Uh, but anyway, enough of me bitching yes. about that. <sighs> okay, start your story. Oh, I got the information okay. I wanted. Uh, the compressed version of this is is going to remove a significant amount of the requisite detail and you know the the necessary bits that I feel for any human being to really understand how horrible this experience was at the end of it. But um, for context, I was engaged to a very lovely young woman for a significant amount of time i had had a really weird situation with the starting of that relationship so when it dissolved of natural causes and you know it was not acrimonious we just parted company um i she's an amazing woman and i still care about her immensely to this day very amicable when that cool. relationship ended, I was kind of operating under the auspices that I was not going to have one again. Uh, I was kind of one of those where I felt like I'd kind of shot my load, pun intended. And, you know, so I just wanted to go out and be irresponsible because I wasn't in my younger days. I it, It's not something I'm ashamed of, and I've talked about it pretty readily. I was a virgin until I was 26. And it was one of those things, like, I wore it as a badge of honor. I actually chose that. I was somebody who really, like, prized my sexuality. And I wasn't meaning I was frigid. I was with a lot of people and would do things to them and would not allow them to reciprocate, which, you know, drives a lot of people insane because control in a sexual relationship is a big thing. Yeah. So you would say that you were voluntarily Yes, celibate. I was not one of the, you know, <laughs> incel motherfuckers. Uh, I chose, and it was specific. It was worse for me because then the second they'd leave the house, I'd go and, you know, masturbate 14 times. So tell me what sense that makes. So I regretted a lot of my approaches when I got older. 
Um, so by the time I had reached this state, I had had a couple other subsequent relationships, one of which John was alluding to earlier. So <laughs> at the point where I met this young woman, I was very well debauched and I had reached a state where here's the context. The individual was a bartender at a local venue that we had been at. I had seen her there and we'd had a really bizarre exchange where she had harangued me for ordering water while the rest of my bandmates were all ordering alcohol. So we started off very auspiciously. Then I wound up seeing her on a dating site and I will add, it was okay Cupid. So there's a lot of sort of requisite information that is included there. And she said that she was, you know, a non-functioning alcoholic, which as a bartender, that somewhat stands to reason. Don't get high on your own supply. Uh, Amen. And she basically was one of those, like, on OkCupid, you have selections for what you want. And you can get the Tinder function of saying, I'm basically just here to have, you know, to be filled in like a, a tax form. And that was essentially what the conception was for her profile, is that she was mostly there to get down and she was, you know, taking all comers, but pun intended. <laughs> So I, having remembered that exchange, (laughs) sent her a a message, and it was my normal very – I, as opposed to John, had a very long-winded approach. Like I would write paragraphs of material because I was like, everybody gets that, hey, baby, we'll see this this dick. So my approach (laughs) on a dating site was sort of overwhelm them with trying to be charming. And to wit, this person's name for me in their phone was The Charmer which is a lot of fun. Oh. And so we started having some discourse back and forth. This is one of the most depraved and bizarre human beings I have ever had the privilege or displeasure of speaking with. So the story I told previously, she asked if I were to start seeing her, if I would freeze my semen into popsicles so that she could have it on tap just whenever she wanted it so that she could consume it. Important questions. And, you know, I, at this point, am, like, saying I'm in my early 30s. I'm pretty far down the rabbit hole. So, it's like, I'm just going to follow this to the dismal end. I just want to see how far down the rabbit hole we can get. And so, I was just feeding into all of this with the most, you know, bizarre and disgusting answers I could. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll add food coloring. Do you want me to put, you know, any particular flavors? Do you want, like, <laughs> penis colada? Is that what you're looking for? Like, how do you, I want how do you want me to add to this? And so... We had a very long exchange, and she kept putting off meeting me, and I was kind of, you know, you're, you feel rather bizarre about that. But apparently, the reason being is she said she got fucked up in her fight club. <laughs> now, I'm going to restate that for the record. This woman took part in a fight club. She also did not fight individuals of her own gender. To her credit, she fought men. And she said the reason she enjoyed this is that she loved the dichotomy. And she was very well-spoken. I will give her a lot of credit. She uh, read a lot of philosophy. She was very articulate and was interesting to talk to. But she said she enjoyed the dichotomy of individuals wanting to fuck her, not being able to, and then beating the shit out of her instead. It does sound like a Palinic plot point. Yes. Now, if you tell me that this person is a therapy session waiting to happen, I will tell you yes, and this proves out. So eventually, she sends me pictures of her face, and yes, she got the shit beaten out of her. She had really, like, her lips were were very severely damaged, and she had a shiner. Like, her half of her face was discolored because it was black and blue. Like, it was really bad. So we put off meeting for, like, a month. 
And by this time, like, I was dating other people. I'd seen other people. And so I kind of cycled through. It was like, ah, oh, this is a back burner thing. And it's not really going to happen. So I was mostly just doing it to entertain myself. And she started sending me lurid photographs like you do. And I was not opposed to receiving those. So I kept feeding the monkey, uh, expecting that, you know, eventually something was going to happen. And then we wound up going out. And she confessed to me she enjoys guys of my stature. And so she was really excited about seeing me. The implication being, I was going to get laid, regardless of however the date was going to go. I was yeah, basically no going effort. in for sex. It's, right. li- it's just a home run no matter what. Like, you could yes. show up in sweatpants, and she would. <laughs> it would probably be the better move. Right. Like... Now, unfortunately, me being me, I was at work and then went to the date immediately after. So I'm wearing a polo shirt tucked into my khakis and, like, my dress shoes. And so I look like business casual. She is wearing the Julia Roberts outfit from the opening sequence of Pretty Woman. Like, she looks like she is basically (laughs) walking out to try to get a John for the evening. So the entire time we spend together, I look like I have just picked her up and I'm, you know, taking her around under the auspices of getting my money's worth. So that was awkward enough. And then, because she was a functioning alcoholic, she started drinking at sundown. That was not a joke. And since we're on the werewolf discussion for this episode, it's appropriate. She started drinking at sundown and there was nothing that was going to interrupt that. So I had to take her to a liquor store. It was a drive through liquor store. Now, I've never had a drink in my life. I've discussed this previously. So you can imagine the exchange is I did not know what to order. So it's like, how do you how do you get these things? She's like, I want Jack Daniels. I was like, well, how do they serve it? Does I order like a large? Like, what do, what do you? I was like, I don't understand what I'm going to order. So she gave me a size, and I think it was what? Do you remember, John? Because I seven, I, uh, yeah, a handle. Also, like, there's a or or a fifth. She, a fifth. fifth. It's seven fifty. So fifth. I got her because okay. it's a fifth of a gallon. Okay. So I got her a fifth <laughs> yeah. of Jack Daniels. And I ordered it from this, you know, glorious Pakistani gentleman at this drive through liquor store. And I said, I will take a fifth of your finest James Daniels, please. And he was not amused with me at all. So we proceed to then go and sit in a park where children are playing soccer around us. And she drank that thing in 45 minutes. Jeez. Now, she's yes. telling me stories <laughs> so this a woman. entire time. So there's context, too, because... You know, Shane. What context does there need to well, be? Well, the context is that Shane, <laughs> much like he, uh, you know, was uh, celibate by choice, he's also sober by choice as well, right? Um, and, and, and like as he oh, mentioned, you know, so fair. yeah. To us, we know, and I mean Shane, Shane, you know, but drinking that amount in that amount of time definitely screams alcoholic it's different it's like a different thing is like when shane and i hung out at his apartment like writing where it's like oh i have like two or three beers in the whole course of the evening Mm. as opposed to if i showed up with a fifth of jack and then by the end of the first hour that we are hanging out i've killed a fifth that's a different mindset Mm. and a different person kind of person yeah i mean like you can like i usually go with the uh the uh analogy of a shot is about equivalent to a beer. I would probably say closer, like depending on the beer, but like something like a Coors Light or something like that. A shot is like a beer in that case. So you're drinking a lot of shots, which is a so, lot of beer. So like, yeah, so she does this, and then she promptly doesn't pass out or in, start throwing around in big public, words. which is the the worst part. Like honestly, I would say, or not the worst part, but it definitely doesn't yeah. help. Like you're doing that in public. Now, 
where we're not in Vegas, you can't. The difficult <laughs> aspect of really this is that, that, like, yes, my ignorance is showing because I have no idea, one, how concentrated it is. I'm, you know, everybody, I hear Jack Daniels, but I don't have any frame of reference for the effect right. it will have on you. I don't know alcohol content yeah. in any of the show. I think your perspective changes on those things when you are participating of, like, mm-hmm. I know the one time that I had half a bottle of Jack and I threw up and that's why I don't drink Jack. Or, you know, right. like, those kind of stories, but you don't have that. You don't have yep. that personal frame of reference. Yes, I all I have yeah. is the uh, I think the Joe Rogan and Dave Attell bit of like Jack Daniels <clears throat> makes you time travel because you're drinking, you pass out, you wake <laughs> up, you're doing one thing, you drink and you pass out. So anyway, after we finish this, she uh, implores me to make a rock angel with her because there is a big giant pile of gravel <laughs> and she just lies <laughs> oh down onto God. it and starts doing that. And I'm like, she's trying to pull me down. She's like, make a rock angel with me. It's like. Fuck you. This is ridiculous. Ah, no. As is tradition in the summers in Phoenix. <laughs> yes. I was like, I'm wearing my work clothing, one. And so she's like, oh, you got balls. That's sexy. She's like, let's fuck. So <laughs> now the important thing to context, like, I'm sorry. This is such a long-winded story. No, like, I can't. She was telling me that her mother was her psychiatrist, and she had slept with her previous boyfriend who she met while she was in rehab. So the both of them were going through the program. Like, there's a lot of this, and she said she had to see her mother because she started having dreams about having sex with her brother, and Ooh, and she tied. was turned on by these things. And again, me being me, I'm straight faced going through. Is like, oh yeah, well naturally, yeah, incest is the best. And so I'm, I, I'd fuck I'm my brother, like, yeah. like feeding yeah. into the machine the entire time going like i need to see how far we're gonna go with this because i think she's joking like she's just trying to be incendiary we were both palinic fans like i'm thinking this is a character she's making up basically and her persona that she's giving me is is this and this is actually this woman so as we're going over she wants to get more alcohol so then i have to stop and I go into a uh, like a gas station and buy two IPAs that she insisted that I have to get. I forget what they were, but they were sizable. Yeah, and so consequential. It's the cans. Yeah. yeah. I watched two individuals having an argument at the cash register because the gentleman was a like uh, like dyed in the wool redneck American who is uh, unfortunately the individual working in the register was a Muslim. And they were having a screaming argument with one another, and he was telling him to go back to his own country where the camels are, etc. So I'm already freaked out from that, and I get back in the car, and she's not coherent anymore. She's ceased to be in touch with reality, but she's insisting that I need to, you know, copulate with her. So I'm going, no, I think I'm going to take you home. And she knows I used to be a security guard, so she's like, stop being a fucking pig. Just take me home and fuck me. It's like, no, I, I think I'm going to stop. So I'm basically, I keep trying to extricate myself from this, and she just keeps escalating. And so then you get to a point where I'm like, well, listen, my rational thought is out the window at this point. And I'm like, if I've gone through all this work already and she's game to have sex, basically she's not going to be coherent at all. So she'll probably pass out by the time I make it home. Or if we do have sex, it's going to be quick. So, you know, I'll just kind of run through this. And as we're going through my neighborhood – She's pointing out, like, oh, I know this area. I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, <laughs> why? She's like, oh, I used to break Uh-oh. into the houses over here when I was on heroin. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm like, Not what no. I was expecting, but. Like, oh, this is fun. So now oh. I'm terrified because it's like, okay, well, I'm definitely not. I don't want to take her to my house at this point. 
And so it's the real Sophie's choice of like, how do I get out of this? Then we get into my complex and she's like, oh, I used to fuck a guy in that building right here. So like it just keeps getting worse. And I'm like, oh, cool. Well, you want to, you know, hit him up because I'm not really into this at this point. So you can go ahead and call him. She's like, oh, no, no. We stopped hanging out for a while because the last time he fucked me, he pulled out of me. And as he was pulling out, I was like, you should probably get tested. Like every conceivable bad trigger just falls out of this woman's mouth. And this continues to happen. So we get into my house. We do not have sex. She's basically Smart. trying she's trying to engage me in every way that she can. So it's like she's taking her top off and but she's so drunk that she can't really function. So then she's like, We should make out and she kisses me twice and then she's like, I hate kissing. You're like, so, well, it wasn't my fucking idea. Right. So basically I just lift her off of me, put her down, and I was like, Get your shit. We're going to go like I'm done. And she's like, you're kidding me. So, oh, I also forget to contextualize as we're walking up the stairs to go into my place, which John will remember. I had to go upstairs from my garage to get into my townhouse. Yeah. She was not wearing underwear. So, I, you know, I'm following her up the stairs. I'm like, oh, God. OK, here we go. So, like, the whole evening just escalated in all the wrong ways. So I finally, I get her back out of my house and she's staggeringly drunk. So she's already, she insisted on finishing one of the IPAs before I took her out. So she's now had a full IPA and the Jack Daniels and she's working on the other one. So I'm like, well, I'm not driving with an open container. So fuck that shit. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to finish it. So now she then drinks that one as we're standing in my garage and she's still haranguing me. Like, why don't you just have sex with me? It's like, so this continues. I'll save a lot of the other escalation. I drive her home. The neighborhood I picked her up from was somewhat unsavory. Okay. As I get there, I picked her up during the daytime. It is now night. All of the lights are broken on her street. They have busted out all the street lights. So I like can't see anything. Like a ghetto anything. Dumbledore just came through and just <laughs> smashed every little motherfucker. <laughs> the Dumbledore made a very strong point to just you know destroy this neighborhood. So I can't find the house numbers. And I don't know where I'm dropping her off. So I'm driving up and down this street and I'm seeing all of like the, the joyful signs that I, as a weird, you know, shorn headed Caucasian man should not be here because there's all, you know, like the sneakers are thrown over the, you know, um, power lines and shit. And there's tags on the corners. And I'm like, this isn't going to end well. You we can just say sunny slope. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, no, this was, um, I can tell you specifically, Ooh. I remember because it was 54. First Ave and Peoria. Yeah? No, not no, it was forty seventh Avenue and Peoria. So yeah. You can imagine. Uh. So as I'm like trying to find her house, I'm terrified because it's like this is not gonna be fun. And finally I've made the pass three or four times looking at the address she sent me, because I know I found her there. And finally I pull over and I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna walk up and down the block and try to find this house. And as I'm doing this, then she starts rolling down my window and, and screaming at me. She had passed out in the car on the way back, so I finally had a, a modicum of silence. Um but now she's oh woken God. up and she's yelling at me that she wants to, you know, take parts of my anatomy inside of her very loudly in the middle of this neighborhood. So I'm like So she's like fucking she's <laughs> she's Reagan. Like, or she's oh. uh she's Dana from Ghostbusters of yeah. like, you know, I want you inside of me. So Dude, as I get back, God. I go, I'm I'm done. Like I'm sick of this shit. So I go to get her out of my car and I open the door and I'm like, you need to get out. She refuses to get out. So then I'm physically pulling her out of my car and she screams bloody murder. Now, this is also great because as I noticed this, 
across the street are four very unsavory looking individuals who are watering a patch of mud. <laughs> There's no grass in their front yard. There are no plants in their front yard. They are just pouring water onto dirt. And all of them are staring at me. So one of them comes over and tries to ask. He's like, who is this? Is like, oh, this is. Uh, and like, oh, is it is it Jebby's boy? And I'm like, boy. Um, he's like, oh, is it is it this person's daughter? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'm not her A&E biographer. I'm just trying yeah. to get her home. Do you recognize her? Do you know where she lives? He's like, oh, I have no idea who she is. I was like, well, cool. And mind your own fucking business. Good talk, champ. So he Thanks, goes across bro. the street, and I'm trying to help her up. And she's pulling on my belt because, again, I have my shirt tucked into my pants. So she's trying to take my pants off in the middle of the street and I try to pull her hands off of my belt to get her and she falls away from me and her head hits the concrete and I swear to Christ it sounds like dropping a watermelon onto concrete like blood is running out of her ears at this point and I'm like I've just killed this woman by accident she's laying dead in the middle of the street now she's got bruises all over her because she's in a fucking fight club so it looks like I just beat the holy hell out of this drunk woman abused her took her home and she's just laying bleeding in the street so I'm it's, I've lost my shit it's 100% like the things that are just stranger than fiction and also because I have a mother who worked for attorneys her entire life and has made me paranoid I'm like this is how I get arrested because there's no one who's going to believe that I didn't have sex with her unless they swab her like there's no one who's going to believe i didn't do any of this to her and that i didn't ply her with drinks to get her to the i was going to say like, like also you dangerous. are stone cold sober she correct hundred and thirty thousand percent on the other end of the spectrum right and it's like i have text messages and things going back and forth and like i can indicate that we were at least friendly but this is how people get into serious trouble so i'm terrified at this point and a lot of this is justifiably so i got myself into this situation so this isn't a pity me you know it's just i you know context is really important so i go up and down the street i'm trying to find her place it's really difficult and finally i find the house number so i go up and i knock on the the front door she is still laying in this in the sidewalk by the way so uh great call on my part so the door opens and there is a pack of dogs so they have a, a like a shit ton of german shepherds that are all running around in the house and the guy opens the door and steps out to me he's got a swastika tattooed above his heart on his chest shorn headed and i'm like this young lady i'm with is admittedly she is half hispanic and half russian so i'm like i don't know how this is jiving with this guy's <laughs> perspective but i'm like, like I'm, i don't understand your ideology sir i was like i want to talk to you about your choice of roommates if this is how you feel the national socialist movement really you know does not go in for this so I, I mentioned, hey, I have this individual down the street. She's really intoxicated, and I'm trying to make sure I get her home. Can you help me get her and collect her? Because she's fighting me at this point. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. He's like, again? Like, okay. <laughs> again? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, he's like, okay, give me a second. So he is also intoxicated. So now I'm walking his drunk ass down the street to where she's lying, and she is now in someone's yard pulling their grass up by the handful like she's my grandfather on what weekend the... leave okay like <laughs> and 
I the entire time, like the thing resounding in my head is like, this is how I get arrested. This is how all this is going to go down. And then worse off is I'm blue balled because I was already expecting that I was going to have some sort of release here. And so like it's I'm in a great mood. So as we're trying to pick her up, she's not lucid and she's having difficulties and she's throwing mud and all this other nonsense and so she's falling down we're trying to get her collected and across the street the jackasses yell put her in the fucking car you idiots so i then leave her (laughs) go around the side and i'm basically like i'm gonna put you in the fucking ground if you open your mouth again and i'm yelling again at people in a neighborhood that i am not familiar with the wisest move ever so i'm having a screaming argument with these rednecks that are watering their mud Go back over there, and the guy's like, "Really? Can we can we put her in your car?" It's like it took me twenty minutes to get her out of my car. Now, to con like give further context, I have been with this woman in this spot now for an hour because I was trying to get her out of my car for twenty minutes. Jesus fuck! Like it, this has gotten exponentially bad. So again, compressing all of this stuff to try to make it palatable, and we're not here for two and a half hours. But finally, like I, it took me a long time to get her out of the car. He's like, I will get her out of your car. I promise. Like, I, I know you're trying to, to be decent here. So it's like, whatever we can do. He's so giving I, you an out. Like, he's yes. like, like, do this and I'll do this for you. Like, yes. It's like, yeah. So um, we get her and, you know, he drags her out of the car by her fucking hair and beats her up in the front yard. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Wait. So I put her in the car and as I'm walking around, like I get in and she is cackling maniacally. Like, blood running out of her nose. She still has a little bit welled up in her ear. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? She's like, I'm such a cunt. <laughs> no, I think I think that one has to stay because it's in it's the story. Oh, uh, it, well, the, the punchline, uh, as we'll get to. So I'm like, yeah, honey, you are, I'm afraid. Like, this has been one of the worst nights of my life. So thank you. It's been a pleasure. Please lose my fucking number. So I drive her up to the car, and we're going to get her out. And she actually... Like, this is what really cheeses me. Opens the door, stands up, and, like, walks out. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't need any help. She perfectly stands up, and then she starts to stumble. So the the bravado was there for a second, and then the bravura nature kind of lost, and she fell into the guy's arms, and he's carrying her to the door. They probably went back inside and ate, uh, ate burgers wrapped in lettuce. God, I hope so. <laughs> um, so as... Uh, I'm walking up to the door. She's grabbing at me again, but she's trying to claw my face, which is really awesome. And at this point, Point. he's like, I I think she wants you to come in. I was like, I think it's quite the opposite, as a matter of fact. And so he opens the door, and he starts yelling German commands at these fucking dogs. Oh, my God. And they're still scattering all around. There had to be at least eight of them. So, uh, like, it, and they're not small dogs. So she sees the animals, and she goes... Oh, wait, sorry. I lost the punchline. God damn it. Anyway, as we're walking up to the door, she's clawing at my face. He's saying I should help her, and and he's, like, you know, trying to coax me. And I'm like, no, I think she means the opposite. And she says the line that I will hold with me until I go in the ground. She turns to him and slurs out. She goes, he didn't come in my cunt. He's not going to come in my house. <laughs> <laughs> also you know you are in a very very strange and precarious situation when a woman like whole hog refers to her pussy as a cunt mm-hmm. like where she's like <laughs> like that's like that's her normal like set and anything else is derogatory like mm-hmm. i i don't know i just 
Uh, it's the old adage of, you know, how Bruh. is anyone else going to respect you if you don't respect yourself? Yeah. Is this yeah. so this woman was not a feminist. I'm going to just put that out on the record. No. I'm sure that we'll just escape unscathed with that. Cause, I uh, wish that you could say her nickname. Uh, I, yeah, I was going to say I'm going to avoid that at all costs. But well, yes, can I'll I tell Michael off air. Can I say the back half of it? Uh, no, it's no, you can, no, you can no, find just it. Tell me you off can, camera you can very time. easily back manage your way through this so okay well in any event she <sighs> then turns and stumbles into the house and goes dogs and does what tony did that one night when we took him home drunk she tried to fall on top of the dogs and they all moved out of the way so then she just hit the floor again <laughs> and she passed out and she bled to death she is uh, no longer with us yeah she's dead she's shuffled she's the mortal fucking coil. dead now Good night, sweet princess. So, uh, as I'm then like trying to nail the dismount here of being like a a trying to be a decent human being, the guys walk me out, and I was like, I'm really I do the Patton Oswalt. I'm like beastly sorry to interrupt your evening. I you know just wanted to make sure that she made it home safe. I didn't want to just leave her abandoned on the side of the road somewhere. And and you know, it's, and he's like, dude, this happens all the time. And turns just slams the door in my face. <laughs> At this point, you're like, why am I sympathizing more with the guy with the fucking Nazi symbol on his chest uh-huh. than I am with anyone else in this story? <laughs> We're like, poor I fucking mean, guy. Seriously. Like, like I had this one, one horrible night. This is like a blip in his like cosmos. His, his <laughs> life. It's like yeah, all of a sudden, Edward oh, Norton man. from, Ed, you know, like American History X has got to live with this woman on the day in and day out. Like, so I go back, get in my car, and, and shudder and, and lose my mind. But yeah, that was the uh, the climax of the evening, and I didn't uh, get to. <laughs> there was there climax. was no ejaculation oh, in the climax at all. That was ghastly, and that basically put me off of of dating for a good long while afterwards. Until I met the lovely woman who I'm with now, who is a sweetheart and uh, a dramatic contrast in every way, shape, and form. And if she that, has uh, made it to the end of the story, I think she earns a gold star. Indeed, she's heard this story multiple times because I, I make a point of telling it, one, as a cautionary tale, but also I, I attempt to try to show the, the lengths to which my depravity ran. And, you know, and even then, it the story didn't end the way that I imagine a horrible person's would have, which is like, yeah, I banged her a couple times, dragged her down the stairs and threw her out in the alley behind my apartment and just Said, forgot figure she it was out. there. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I put her in an Uber. It's like I took her home. I want to well, make sure she was okay. In Uber spite wasn't of the even. Fact she was, Uber wasn't even really hyper accessible back then. I mean, this is probably it like was, four four years ago, five years ago. So it wasn't so distantly removed. But yeah, it was kind of in the nascent stages of yeah. gaining popularity. But yeah. Well, what this really exemplifies um, is like where you and I both were during that time. Mm-hmm. And you've we've said the expression and it should just go on the t-shirt already or at least have someone commission it and just throw it up on, on the podcast uh, page right. or whatever. Which, oh my goodness. Podcast uh, merch. Just, you can't fuck crazies with impunity. Um yeah. or try to fuck crazies with impunity. Fine um, point. I feel like you you threw a big enough net uh into the waters that you just caught like all like the the hangers on like the like we both did but god that story in particular is just like you don't want to play one up on that one no that that was a a very deep eddy to to try to endure you were shook fuck you were so shook it was not a good time i think it was i think it was i mean who wouldn't be i think it was like a day or a day or two (laughs) later that we all saw you at practice and you're like we're like how's your week been and I've seen you know some when you, shit. It's, we've talked about it before. It's like 
we ask you how your week has been and we do genuinely care but all of a sudden it's just like fuck you guys are the only ones that are going to care about this shit and you just have to let it all out and we're like we're setting up for practice and it's like hold on we're more interested in this like we we need to finish this fucking story before we do anything musical here because there's something <laughs> dude and it was a tuesday night like it wasn't oh, even man. a weekend like i you know oh so you I went into work, work the, the next, next day, day probably still yeah. like and we didn't even get into like the Zia records and the bookmans of it all like the whole it, it the evening was a saga there is a lot of build up before we even got to the alcohol so i like it's it's nuts so maybe i'll just call upon you at, at random times if we need more content and be like hey tell me about uh tell me about so and so yeah the tell bookmans. me give me this chapter give yeah. me chapter it's 2 like of the your lord saga. of the rings basically yeah. we got to start with oh yeah well, so here's the second installation i feel like i've been ending a lot of these episodes actually probably a string of them now by saying thank you and sorry to michael uh, yes. so so that's that's all Fuck part me. from the course here <laughs> um but also i'm an idiot and i don't remember if we have anything planned for next week as far as topics do you guys have something that you're working um, on? What what are we looking at next week? Yes. Uh, so I actually did a lot of research. This will actually probably be uh, a decently long episode, but it will be filled with hilarity. Um, I want to talk about the Scopes trial uh, specifically because I just want to uh, say the actual title. It is the State of Tennessee versus John Thomas Scopes, which is commonly referred to as the Scopes Monkey Trial. Now- I, I my only hesitation here is is I will share the same perspective that I did on the previous version is at some point are we are we going to let the evolution topic breathe for for a moment or are we just going to keep beating that dead horse? Oh, honestly, like the the best part about this is that it's not really it doesn't really cover too much. There's like a little bit that actually talks about evolution okay. and stuff like that, but a lot of it is just a media right. circus. Like it's 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 media sensationalism I will, at its uh, core and it's it's gaming I'll give the you system the benefit of the doubt here that we are not just going to continue yes. to to dogpile on creationists uh and uh nah. and keep you know, really putting fucking their head in the no it honestly it doesn't dog on any uh, it only dogs on the people involved not any particular okay. group um yeah, but this is my almost like my swan song okay. for it because I don't want to touch it for a well, while. Well, it's after very that. sore, so I imagine yeah. you need to give it a little reprieve. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, <laughs> I, I think that with that, we have almost reached the point where you could conceivably make this a two part episode and you would be able to endure. So, I, you know, I thought about. I mean, honestly, I thought about it because um, it's split mm-hmm. right in the middle. Like we talk about yeah. the movies. For the first hour, and the second hour, we talked about um, awkward sex things. So we could honestly make it a two-parter. I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. Um, it would give us time to give a good amount of uh, effort to your fanfic. Yeah, you know, if you want to just put these out, yeah. I guess we're off record right now. But put put one out next week and the following the the one after, and then dive back into pure yeah. topics, whatever you want to do. You know, I. I yeah, I'll, I'll It is I'll nice to have a it. buffer, but at the same time, you know, we've kind of enjoyed being topical. The reason that I say that is because we can actually say on the record, if we keep this intact, that on April 17th, our new single's coming out, and everyone oh, can yeah. brace their effect on that. So that was one of the benefits of us having this, you know, within the regional time frame. But if we do not keep it intact, that is a moot point, and we are not going to be able to really dive in, unless it's, you know, close to that. I mean... It would probably be released next week, and then we would just be releasing, like, it, like I don't know. Well, I'll think about it. 
I'll see. I'll see how okay. I feel in the morning. But uh, when I, I start I think, editing, you know, it. I we haven't figured out whether or not our audience is game to hang in for two hours of us talking. I'm sure they are. Yeah, exactly. It's probably not outside their own possibility. But then you know, it, it's. I mean, just if you're already signed up, much. you sign up and you do the the me approach, which is you watch half the movie at night mm-hmm. and you finish it in the morning. Yeah. So, in reasonable. fact, all my Kingslayer podcasts and your mom's house and Last Pod, like they all. Uh, are pretty lengthy on the runtime but i ended up enjoying that because since it's only one episode per week like i don't feel guilty uh starting and then mm-hmm. stopping checking back in or like making a meal of it and personally i love yeah. long podcasts if i see something that's like two or three Same. hours i get excited by the possibility so i don't want to deprive anybody of that i vote i yeah. for one long ass episode all right if it saves uh, I'll i'll go with that as well so uh, April 17th, ladies and German folks, is going to be the new Damn the Weather single, Frightened Rabbit, will be out, so we hope you enjoy that. Michael yes. will be dead by then, so it'll just be two-thirds of this podcast going on. Off myself. Go commit, die. I mean, if you must. Uh, Ask Asher if, if he can help you. You guys can do like a suicide pact. He's been begging for one of those mm. for years, so. Ooh. Don't and we're mostly with done time. with our concept, so if he's going to kill himself, this is the time to do it. I mean, we're we're right on the cusp of you know being able to start fresh. So mm. you should have well, laughed at that, John. I'll I'm sorry, out. that was funnier than you gave me credit for. You son of a bitch. Uh, he was on. I, I was looking at the calendar to to make sure that April 17th is when I thought it was. So mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I'm the one who set up the fucking release, so the guy plugged all the Oof. dumb shit in. Well but. played. Well, thanks for uh, indulging my stories, guys, and thank you for watching those movies. I'm going to watch The Ninth Gate uh, by next week. Uh, and I'll, I'll uh, I even in. read uh, I even read Old Man Logan in preparation you for did this, indeed. basing for Michael watching the film that we assigned him, and uh, so <laughs> uh, well, we'll just have him uh, do the same. Like, just makes me think of school. Just letting everyone down. Don't forget your great. parents. Uh, and this is why I don't do. feel bad at all about you now getting to edit two hours worth of podcast, because that's what you get uh, for not doing your homework, you son of a bitch. Well, then it, uh, yep, see, the cycle oh, perpetuates okay. well, itself. You made your bed, now you're going to have to... And I'm Michael. Uh, keep the iceberg out of it. <laughs> no, you've, uh, you've, you've made your bed, and now you need to go pick somebody up off the side of the road and not return to it for a good long while. And, uh, and have him call you someone. daddy. If you didn't... If you didn't climax in those... <laughs> Go get a lolly. Um, well, uh, thank please? you, ladies and germaphobes, for enduring what was very likely an, an awkward and uh, bizarre episode. But we appreciated you hanging out, and we hope that you're still enjoying the freeform episodes that just sort of spew, screaming, whelped into existence from us. If you are enjoying what you are hearing here, please like, subscribe, and if you dig what we do, rate and review. We always appreciate someone giving a little feedback, and it helps to get us into people's searches a little more readily. So that will help out to to spread the word and spread the joy. And you should do so as well if you like us. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Have your mom listen once and then disown you. It'll be really marvelous. Yeah, Shane but, can have uh, sex with her. If only. Uh, you can then find us on the social networks at uh, Instagram. We are at Disinformed Podcast. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Disinformed Podcast. And on Twitter, at Disinformed Pod. You can also find us on YouTube. We have a playlist that we update when the podcast platform provider we utilize uploads. We are also on Stitcher as well, so you can find us there. We are missing episode 32 on YouTube, unfortunately. That did not get uploaded there, so the second half of our 
our discussion of this dreaded disease that's floating about these days we did not make it up there so if you want to hear that you got to find it online other than youtube but uh yeah bless those Podbean people they try they tried but i believe with that we are going to bring this you know i can give it another you know minute and a half and actually get us no. to two hours on nah, the nose. we'll get there well nah i mean honestly there will be some cut down because remember we didn't start recording oh, immediately we oh, I, no done. i mean like the oh, clap and all right well We'll get, you know, just shy of two glorious hours worth of material here. But uh, (laughs) there's that awkward foreplay that we were talking about earlier. Uh, For the very long-winded, disinformed podcast, I am Sergeant Hatred. Dadicato. Captain Technology. And? And? You are... But she's <laughs> six nine six nine six nine. Please find him any way that you can, and thank you for coming, or in my case, not coming. Don't worry, someone's gonna clean.